Hi guys and welcome to the Life of Try podcast. I'm your host Andrew Owen and in this episode we speak to Yanis Christodoulou um, and we discuss how he came into the sport, how he's got to where he is now because Yanis, fair play to him, he competes at a relatively high level within a GP age group point of view. He podiums quite regularly. He does come from a background um, in the last few years, anyway, that, which has been a, a swim run, um, and he is moving into the the triathlon element of it now, including the bike as well. And again, he's producing very good results. Yanis um, didn't necessarily come from a background of swim, bike, and run, so it's interesting to know how he's got to where he is now. He does concentrate on the the shorter distances of the sport, but you know, the sh- with the shorter distances, it means you have to be fast. And fair play to him, he is. Anyway, here's the episode. I hope you enjoy. Thanks. So thanks for joining us. We, um, I've been following you for a little while. I think on Twitter a few years ago we used to um, we were interacting when it was more of a blog post. But what I've noticed in the last few years is you've definitely taken your your training and your racing up quite a bit. You know, and before yeah. we come into that, you know, tell me where, where did triathlon and multi sport start for you? Well, th- firstly, thanks for having me on the um, on the podcast or yeah. on the show. Um, so it all began really um, in 2012. I was quite a uh, lazy person. Well, I wouldn't say lazy. Well, I'd say I'm lazy compared to now. But I would um, probably I play five a side once a week with friends, and I'd be completely knackered for about three, four days after. And that was really what I did beforehand. Um, I hated cross country at school. Um, I, I hated any sort of running. So 2012, really, um, leading up to the Olympics, um, obviously there was a buzz going around um, the whole country. And um, I basically saw, um, well, basically I did a um, a local uh, 5K charity run and I didn't train, I didn't train for it, um, hated it, but I, really I did, I thought I, I, I sort of enjoyed it. But um, so that was that in, in probably March time. So, that was laying in the background sort of thing. So I did that for charity. And then um, I had a friend of mine that just before the Olympics did a uh, 10K and he said, uh, I always remember it because, well, he's a best friend of mine. He said, I've just sprinted a uh, 10K, local 10K. He said, I, I did it in 55 minutes. Um, so he, he wanted to join the running club. So um, he's sort of back of my mind. I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then the Olympics came on. And I just remember one day, Watching, um, well, I actually came home from work and I saw the um, the triathlon and they were just about to start. And it was the men's race. I had no clue what was going on. Um, completely, <laughs> not, yeah, no, no clue at all. And um, I just watched it and I sort of like was like, wow, I, I, I like this. And I watched the Brownie brothers come first and third. I mean, I never heard of them before. I never heard of anyone um, doing the races before. Um, in that race and um, so I got onto my friend and I said should I look for a running club and that's how it really happened really and um, I joined the running club that September went for a trial and then I think Christmas time I bought a bike uh, a cheap second-hand bike um, for the idea to actually get into triathlons and at the same time as well Christmas time I actually um, joined the local triathlon 
class, part of my uh, membership for a leisure centre, and they were running it Saturdays and Sundays. Um, so I turned up and I couldn't swim at the time, so she helped me with my technique. And um, I sort of got into tries from there. I mean, I did do tries in 2013, but I, well, I did one, I got injured, I got a really bad injury. And then in 2014, I basically, um, with the same friend, I did the bike and the swim because I couldn't do the run because I got injured again. So I stopped doing triathlons until 2017. Um, All right. I hadn't realised you had such a gap in, in, in between. No, yeah. So I only really, so I got into, so basically I got better at swimming and in 2015, yeah, I, um, I was doing a study, a, uh, a lab study about how to improve um, your like, um, running by doing easy training. And um, uh, the guy that was doing it at the time, said, um, I said to him, I'm going to do it. I'm thinking of doing a craft run. He said, go for it. So anyway, I went on my honeymoon. I came back. And the same day I came back, I went and saw him and he gave me my results. And I said to him, I feel absolutely shattered. I'm, um, I'm jet lagged, but I'm going to go and do this local aquathlon and see how it, what it's like swimming um, runs. So I, never, I never swam outside um, in the open water before. So I um, went and did it. And uh, oh, I, I, um, everything went, a lot of things went wrong, but um, I had to do my shoe. I kept doing my shoelace up. I remember doing that. And I had a friend that was into triathlons at the time. And um, I was trying to be competitive and beat him. And I managed to uh, sprint past my last bit. But I liked it. Um, I loved it. And um, I, I came fifth. So I was really happy with it. Oh, and wow, then, well yeah. And then, and that's when um, I basically got told that. Uh, one of the guys running the event said, oh, do you, is this your first time? I said, yeah. He said, do you realise you, you can qualify for the age group? And then that was where I um, basically set my hearts on and qualified in September from it. So th that's how I really got into it. That's, that's mad, actually. That, yeah, um, one of your first events that you did that. Wow. Um, so what was your background prior to it then as regards to sport? You said you used to play five-a-side football, but... Did you, know, did you come from like a team sport when you were like in school or anything or, or anything? No, not, nothing at all really. I, um, the only thing I used to do for uh, quite a few years was I was trying to bulk up because um, I've always been naturally like um, skinny. So um, I wanted to bulk up and um, yeah, that was it really. And, and the five-a-side football with friends once a week, just to, just a kick about in the hall really. Um, a small hall with just 10 of us and um, yeah, not really... Um, sometimes I spend most of the time in goal. Sometimes I play out or out pitch. But, but yeah, I'd be completely knackered for, for at least four or five days most of the week. So I wasn't really um, that sort of fit or anything. It's funny because you know I, I've got a couple of mates who are like that. They, um, you know, because I'm <laughs> late forties, I suppose that or late thirties. Sorry, I'm not that old yet. Um, but uh, you know, like same age as me then. <laughs> couple of mates who. Um, you know, we played football, we played rugby when we were younger. Then we had this big stint of not really doing anything because family and work and, and what have you. And, um, and then for me, when I, when I hit my 30s, I was just like, I need something else. You know, I need yeah. something to be a little bit more competitive. But I think also something to be more structured. And I, I was sort of craving something from a training point of view and from a racing point of view that I, I just needed something else and um i i just fell into to triathlon because my other half's part of a running club and i think right. a lot of people go that way that you know they go off yeah. the running clubs and they go to cycling clubs or they go to swimming clubs and then yeah. all of a sudden they'll see colleagues at these at these clubs who are also doing multi-sport 
And, yeah, see, um, see, as soon as I went to the running club, it, the rest was history. Really. I got I got hooked uh, onto it, made friends, and um, just wanted to keep going and going and trying trying to be better um, every time I went. Obviously, that's not the right thing to do all the time. Like, um, that's why I got loads of injuries. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's just weird how you just fall into it. And, uh, same as you. Like I was, um, I think I was 29 when I started. Uh, uh, actually running so I wish I, I could have done it earlier but um yeah no I must say yeah. I, I I wish because don't get me wrong when I was a kid I was the sort of kid who was constantly on the go in the sense of I wasn't playing football I was playing tennis or I was you know playing rugby you know there was always something active with me and I sort of wish at least when I hit university someone had said do you want to get you should give triathlon a, 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 a go um because I, I generally think I, I could have done okay in it. Um, and then it's funny because I went to a running club then, um, like, like we just said. And um, yeah. I, I was so sort of stubborn and arrogant that I was used to running fast a lot of the time. So on a football pitch or a rugby pitch, I was given the ball and I, you know, and I was one of the fast guys. And yeah. I ran as fast as I could over a period of time to get it. I would score a try or, or score a goal. And when I hit the running club, I, I was in that similar mentality that I thought I had to run as fast as possible all the time. That, that's exactly how I felt. And bear in mind, it's just training. You don't yeah. need to do that all the time. Yeah. So I would run, you know, our running club, very social. I would run the first two miles and then we'd have a stop. Then we'd do two miles again and then another two miles and we'd finish. So we'd have two stops. And I'd hit the first um, part and I'd run as fast as I could, always be up the front. And then I'd have a break. And then the next step, I'd be sort of in the middle because I'm starting to get a bit tired. And then the last leg, guaranteed, I'd always be at the back because I'd blown up. And yeah. I, I, I learned, <laughs> I was going to say, I learned very quickly that I couldn't always do that, but it wasn't quickly. It took me a while to... to yeah, same as me. Yeah. I mean, when I was saying I went on this lab test, this was um, telling you how to Im improve um, running at a slower pace um, and how you get faster. So when I went on there and I said to him, he said, what's your long run? I said, I do an hour and a half. Um, well, an hour and 26 minutes, depending what I do. And I do about six, I do half a marathon, six 30 minute miling. And he went, right, okay. And he said, okay. And he said, how did you get on recently with your half marathon? I said, well, they were slower than my training pace. He said, okay, well, well let's see. I went on this, this study and um, he then said to me, right, go out and run for 90 minutes at this heart rate. So it was zone two heart rate. Yeah. And I did it. And um, I phoned him up and I said to him, um, are you sure it's right? I'm, I'm running nine minute miles and um, I'm also walking up a hill to keep it in the heart rate. And he said to me, pace will improve. That means you've been overtraining. And he was he was right. Yeah. I, I'm only laughing you, right? Because <laughs> it's such a simple uh, scenario. Yes, so many people do it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that first zone two run that I had. And I've talked about this on the podcast previously. I yeah. was cursing my watch because I set it up so my watch would beep. So if yeah. I went above or below a certain heart rate and I was cursing it and I was just like, shut up. I can't <laughs> go any slower. And literally it was a fast walk. But yeah, I, it, it does work. It does. It does, yeah. And it's weird because you you go back and you look like, I mean, even like a few weeks in front, you go, wow, like the pace has improved. And now I'm... I'm not far off running that pace, but my legs feel 
um, much more comfortable and I feel a lot fresher. I know it's years down the line, but it just shows you how much you can improve from it. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing, you know, with running, it does take a while and I'm a little bit impatient. So I'm coming back from injury now and I, I've really just got to stop myself from just jumping back in there yeah. and trying to do a 130 half marathon. You know, I, I can't do that anymore. And well, you I can't build it, but I, I've got to build up. I, you know, yeah, I can't you've got to build up. And, that, and I see that in my running club. Like a lot of people I see that they, um, what they do, they, what, they've been injured for a while. They haven't run for say 14 days because um, they've got an injury and they come back and they go and do 13 miles like, and they haven't ran for two weeks. And it's funny. Yeah, at the moment, um, so I've been out for a while with a glute injury, and it's probably right. I've, I've barely run for close to probably well over over twelve months now. And it's fu- funny, I, w- I went and saw a physio, and he said, "Right, we, we're getting there. It, you know, we can probably start running again." Because what I'd had a couple of false sort of um, dawns in the sense of I'd start running again, the injury would come back, but you know, yeah. we're getting it. But it, the first thing he said to me was, "Don't do not do what you've done previously, and just go out and try and run eight miles, ten miles. You can't do it. You haven't run yeah. for months and months. I need you to go out and do a couch to five k." And I almost like burst out laughing in front of him. I was just like, "Couch to five k? Only a couple of years ago, I was doing Ironman." Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, but that was a couple of years ago." Yeah. You, know, you lose fitness so quickly, and yes, you may regain it. Re- relatively quickly but you've got to build up and you've got to start yeah. somewhere and that's the mistake a lot of people make they actually they do this and then they actually end up getting injured and they keep re- getting these recurring injuries and that's what happened to me I, I had a calf injury and in, I mentioned 2013 I did a triathlon I actually turned up injured with a calf problem and then it, and I made it worse I tore the calf um, and I was out six months basically I was going I was going in a uh, four to five week cycle I was coming back but going too hard and then I was off I was um, injured again for a month and then yeah it was just a complete nightmare but you learn I think and it's good if you and that's the thing if you learn that's that's what's it's important because then you you can become smarter in your training but a lot of people just don't they don't learn them and look um, I, I don't know what distance you've gone up to within triathlon but I tend to go longer these days only because right. I, for me, I seem to get a little bit more out of it. I'm not as fast as I used to be, so I prefer to go a little bit longer. Um, but what you learn is when you go longer is you can't have every training session at a high intensity. But, um, you know, I, I used to train quite intensely in this, and a lot of the time, but now I, I'm going more down the route of sort of the 80-20 rule where more of my training is at a lower intensity and then the 20 percent after that is the higher intensity and and you are right the older you get the more experienced you get at, at all of this it just you you become a little bit less pig-headed as well and I, I i'm willing to take those easy sessions whereas before i used to think an easy session why am i doing that i need to be working yeah. hard all the time to get better yeah exactly and you know, yeah i mean even as I say, even people in my um, running club, when I run, and they 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 go zooming past me in the recoveries, and they say to me, "Why are you going so slow?" And I'm saying, "Well, I'm making the most of the recovery, so I can give, I can target the um, the hard rep." But some people just they don't understand, they don't um, they don't get it. Um, but yeah, you're right. With, with um, I train easy days are easy, and then hard days are hard. So I don't have many hard days. So um, 
I mean, a lot of my training is zone two training, so I could probably go a lot longer. But um, yeah, it's, it's just about being smarter in your training. Yeah, yeah. So, so with regards to distance and things, then, what, what's your preferred choice? Well, I've only ever done sprints. So uh, uh, sprints, um, my preferred choice at the moment. A lot of people do say to me, why don't you go high or even like um, half Ironman? Because I, I do... Do long, like I do long runs, I do long bike sessions and stuff. But um, I, I won't say never, but not, not at the moment. I mean, I did a, I did a marathon in two sixteen. Um, I wow. training, training went really, didn't go too, too well. And on the day, everything um, went, went to, went wrong. Like just going, like, getting to the race and stuff. So I had a bit of a bad experience, and that sort of put me off um, a marathon really but uh i still i'm still liking the short distances at the moment the thing i find with, when you go longer the, the the number of races you have around it become less and then all of a sudden yeah. you've got this big focus maybe it's the big focus for your season or, or it's definitely a big focus within a, a period of time and exactly what you said there if you have a bit of a bad experience even a bad race or a bad build up to the race or a bad post race it does yeah. tarnish it slightly because when you're doing quicker stuff and it's a little bit more frequent, you have more opportunity to to go out and dust it off the next time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And you have a bad race today, okay, in three, four weeks' time, I've got another race and I, and I can go again. I don't know if that's yeah, well, experience as well. well. Well, with the math, for example, the mind, the mind tricks, it plays with you. So I did, I did Manchester Math in April and I had a week off after that doing nothing. And um, I remember, like, um, the worst thing I did was at um, 19 miles. I saw people stretching their calves. You know, and my calf was getting really tight, so I stretched it. And, of course, that caused a, he- a whole lot of problems. I had, um, I thought I, I, I pulled my hamstring. Yeah, I, I cramped. So when I, did, when I actually did 10Ks and 5Ks um, in May, I, I had that same feeling that my leg needed to be stretched out. So mentally... Um, so it took me a while to get over it. Yeah. And then I was training for the Aquathlon, my first ever Aquathlon for the age group team. And um, again, I, it was building up to it slowly. And I think to myself, why did I put myself through a marathon when I should have been training for this? But you, you live and learn, don't you? Yeah, no, you do. And you know, there's a number of people that I know that go up and down the distances um, quite regularly in the season. And I, I don't know how they do it as much, you know, as they do. You know, they they go up to marathon, they come back down, yeah. the, the, the faster stuff, and then a the, the couple of weeks later they're doing the same. Um, and for me, I, my body can't adjust that quickly. You know, I've got to have a focus that yeah. this season I'm I'm either going shorter or I'm going longer. And you know, it, it is, you know, and that's the plan that I've got to have. So from from yourself, then do you do you do your own sort of training plans and things, or do you have a coach? So I've got a few coaches. So I'm 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 a running coach. So um, what I originally did, I I trained myself for running, and um, I've got a few friends that are coaches. So um, I had a running coach last year. Um, another friend that um, just in case I missed stuff, he did he did some of it. And then um, this year I'm working with another friend who basically does my running and well he does it he does everything basically. And um, so Mark, it's Mark Shepherd, and um, he's he's basically the main man. So I. Basically, I've got a, um, I've got a swimming coach, uh, John Wood, that does. Um, he he's a fantastic coach. He does um, plans for two twenty triathlon magazine. Okay. 
Um, so he's quite high, highly regarded. But he um, but he lives in Bristol, so he can't like analyze my technique or stuff because of where he is. So he does my um, my plans, and then my um, I, I did do a masters class when it was on because the pool's still shut. And there's another coach there that te um, teaches GB swimmers, Carolyn, who um, and she also trained the lady that just um, broke the uh, channel record. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've swam with her before. Um, and I've had friends, um, uh, well, people that have tried to qualify for Commonwealth Games. Anyways, so she, she, they told me to go there. So she's a really good coach. She, she does drills and technique, works on me. So um, And John does my other sessions when I'm not with her once a week. So that really helped. Um, and then I have Mark, um, who does my um, the rest of it, really. And he, he does the biking. He's a cycling coach as well. He's a triathlon coach, a cycling and running coach. So he does both of he does that, but he also um, puts in where I should be doing my swim sessions. And he did, he basically gives me a whole plan um, that he knows when I can do it. And then that's when I do, um, I do it. So before him, I used to do my own plan and used to put it, plot it in, in the weeks. But now it's it's easier because he knows how I work and he, he basically does it. So that, that's how I do my training. And we work towards like um, normally two A races, I call them a year. So... It could be like the World of Craft Championships or it, this year would have been the European Triathlon Championships. So um, we do two. So um, one's normally like the beginning of the season, probably May time. And then the, and then the one, the other one's normally September time. So try and peak twice. You can't really peak for more than twice a year. No, no. I, I, you know, I don't know how the, how the pros do it. They just constantly stay no. in that sort of peak physical condition. So, yeah. Um, so with regards to the sort of age grouping things then, you know, Talk us through, you know, around the qualification. How did how did that come about, and you know, what race did you qualify for it? Okay, so it has changed quite a bit um, since I've um, since I, I qualified. So I'll go through what what exactly happened. So I, I turned up to that race I mentioned before, I came fifth, and at the time, the time to qualify was um, for my age group was thirty five minutes, and I got thirty five minutes oh one. So um, it, there was no there was no races yet. Yeah. There's no races to qualify um, at the time. You, you had to get a certain time. So in September, I turned up to a London aquathlon because there wasn't many aquathlons around then, and I was two and a half minutes inside the time, and I came second in my um, in the in the race outright. So um, I was really I was happy with it, and um, I submitted my application, and I got in through that way and then the first year um 2016 i went to um oh chateaux for the european aquathlon championships for my age group it was my debut and um I, I managed to come third in my age group so i i'm pre-qualified from that now off the back of that um the two weeks i think it was yeah it was two weeks before they had the national aquathlon championship so it's my first ever big race turned up to it and that was a qualifier for the World of Craftron Championships in Mexico in 2016. And that was the same place where Johnny Brownie, um, uh, no, Alistair Brownie carried his brother across the line. So um, I, came, I, I came third in my age group. Um, I think it was 12th, I don't quote me this, I can't remember, 12th overall, 17th overall. So I got, I got a qualification for this. I went to Cozumel, did, did that. Um, didn't have a great race. And um, I did see the Brownleys. Um, I actually, my, my aquathlon race a few days before 
um, I was actually in this transition with Alistair Brownlee because he actually did, um, he was doing the race as well, but he was off going off with the elites. And I actually went up to him because he walked past me and he must have been about 10, 10 transition boxes away from me. I went up to him and took a picture of him while I was in transition. So I've got a, <laughs> a picture. I just went up to him because people were trying to get photos of him. And obviously, he's, he's, he's there to race. And um, he didn't really want photos before his race. So I just went up there and took a picture of him <laughs> um, and then walked off. But, um, and that, that's how I qualified for, for that. And then the following year, um, basically qualified um, off the back of being in, in the top 10, either in the Europeans or in the world Aquathlon Championships and um, the, within the first British, uh, first three British people. So that that if you're in the top ten and the first British uh, within the first three British people, then you automatically get qualification for next year. Oh. So I've basically pre-qualified all the way through. Um, the only um, the only thing is um, this year I was meant to do the Triathlon Championships uh, in Malmo, and that obviously got cancelled because of COVID. Um, so my pay, place has been carried over to next year. But I actually wanted to spend last year, um, I sort of wanted to get, put the aircraft ones like behind me sort of thing. I did still do them. Um, I did the, the nationals, the worlds and the Europeans and I won the Europeans in my age group. So I was really happy with that. Um, and I, I wanted to concentrate on triathlon. So last year was all about triathlon. So I turned up to the national triathlon championships um, really to see what it was about and really to give it this year to give it a big go. And um, I just missed out on the qualification, automatic uh, qualification on the day. And also I missed out because um, you have to, you either come into, I think it's the top four, um, I think it's the top four of triathlon um, in a certain race. And that was one of the qualifiers. And also with 100 and I'm not sure, 125% within the age group. And I, I was, um, I was literally 0.01%, not even a percent out. Oh, so wow. I, yeah, tell about it. So I'm at your your one second was it thirty five minutes and one second in in your first race? Yeah, it was. Th- yeah, so I missed out on that. But obviously that that, that didn't matter for the first race because I I had to qualify. Um, the races were already picked. So this this particular triathlon race, I got um, I actually got roll down place. So I got in, and um, my focus was um mainly triathlons this year. But obviously with COVID, it hasn't really um. Gone that it's way. funny because a lot of people won't know what roll down is and i remember when i first came across roll down and, and, and it's basically yeah. um i know it from an iron man point of view right and for those listening to the podcast who don't know um basically within, within each race iron man race anyway um there's a qualify qualifying spot for the world championships in kona each year and, and yeah. then you, you may have like three three spots for an age group and then if um the first three people don't want it or one of them doesn't want it, it gets rolled down to the fourth and fifth and so on and so forth. Yeah. And um, we had a mate who, um, oh, I don't know what he came in in his age group, but he was one of the um, the older age groups. And I, I trained with him for a while. And um, and anyway, there was a chance that he may have gone to Kona in Hawaii for the Ironman World Champions. It was his first ever Ironman. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the roll down didn't come um, enough. But like, it got us all really excited. We'd all text <laughs> each other on the morning, saying, "Quick, get over to um, you know, to the presentation yeah. and things." But um, yeah, it's, it's it's exciting times anyway when that happens. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I mean, I was waiting. I kept looking, looking, and looking, and then eventually I got the email to say I got in. So I was really, really happy with it. I was sort of um, back of my mind. I thought I would get in because I was the next one in line, and um, th- there's always someone that doesn't want the place or they're doing a different race so 
with regards to triathlon, then if you if that's what you're concentrating on, hopefully next year and things, do, do you yeah. have a weaker discipline? Yeah. So my bike is by far um, the weakest part. So where I mentioned before, like where I was concentrating swimming and running, and um, I, I was convinced mentally that the bike was actually causing me problems in two um, in two thirteen, like where I had all these problems, I had Achilles problems, calf injuries, you name it. Um, a lot long-term injuries as a result so I stopped um, in 2014 I did a triathlon in July because I paid you pay all the money and then like um, you get injured and I had to get a friend to do the run so um, I decided I won't go on the bike I w won't do do it anymore so um 217 I decided to start just um, training twice a week on the bike just ever so slightly like 40 minute sessions and I did, a, I did a triathlon in September in 2017. So it was the only one I did right towards the end of the season. And I, um, I came second. So I was really, um, I thought, right, now next year, I'll give it a bit more of a go. Um, so, yeah, no, sorry, 218. Um, I, I did it at 218, so not 217. So that was there. And then um, last year, I spent more time on, the, on doing triathlons, uh, a bit more on the bike. Uh, but it's by far my weakest point. So what I did in the winter was actually cut down the running, cut down the swimming, and um, I've been up in the, the bike session. So instead of doing, last year I was doing three bike sessions a week now, I was, and then I, I went to four. And during COVID, I was doing up to six sessions on the bike because I didn't have the swim. So I've gone back to doing four sessions a week. But um, it's by far my, my weakest point. Like um, I was, I talked about the nationals last year, I um, the national triathlon championships. Um, I was out the lead pack in the swim, so I came out um, with a pack of six. So I officially came out second. Um, so we, the guy in front of us was like a fish, so he was well in front. Um, so I came out of them, and I was one of the fastest swimmers, and the run time was one of the uh, fastest runners. But my bike time was something like 40th in the race. So I lost, um, I lost probably I think about like eight minutes to someone just in the sprint. Mm. So. Um, we decided, me and Mark decided to um, focus more on my bike to try and get it up. And I saw loads of gains last year. And then um, this year, like, I've seen a lot of gains as well. Obviously, I haven't been able to race. So um, I do know it's my weakest weakest element. But um, I've got a whole year to, you know, another year to practice. I've got two triathlons coming up. So there'll be a test to see where my bike fitness is. But um, that's it, really. Yeah. And I always, I think it's best to work on your weaknesses. So, um that's, a lot of people neglect this and they, 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 they're either good runners or good cyclists um, and they're like, no, I want to spend more time on the bike, I'm more, I enjoy it. But realistically, are they going to get 10, maybe get 10, 20 seconds? But I know that if I spend more time on the bike, I can get four or five minutes and all of a sudden it's reversed it around. Whereas if you maintain the others... Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. It's, um, and, you know, this year, COVID, it's, it's such a funny year it's an opportunity yeah. for us to really work on either certain elements of fitness, technique, or niggles. You know, and I keep saying this to people that yeah. if you are disappointed that your race isn't going ahead this year, that's fine. But try and focus on some of the positives of what you yeah. can get out of it. It's like having an extended winter break. You know, this is opportunity to lay the foundations and build as much as you possibly can. Oh, definitely. And that's the um, and that's the thing. A lot of people like, especially with the marathons being cancelled and like London's being cancelled again. People are saying, "Oh, I've started all my training. I've wasted all my training." So you haven't wasted wasted it. Um, 
you're you're actually like keeping your fitness, your, your mental health, your well your well being. But like I never see if I have a bad session, um, training session, I never see it as a bad a bad training session. I always think, well, what went wrong? How can I improve on it? And what did I get out of it? And I always get a positive, at least one positive out of something out of a bad situation. Yeah, it's how you learn, isn't it? it yeah, and, yeah. You know, we spoke about it just now. It yeah, you've got to take the learning from it all, and you know you. you unless you're willing to learn you may as well just give up you know because yeah how, how can you better yourself if you're not going to look at your weaknesses and think actually that's what i need to improve yeah anyway i've kept you long enough we, we've been talking for about half an hour or so it's absolutely brilliant but look lovely to have you on love to have you back on again in the future maybe we can find a topic or whatever if there's anything you want to catch up on that would be great but um yeah pleasure to have you thank you for joining us yeah, anytime, Andrew. Th- yeah, thanks for having me on, on the um, show. So, yeah, thanks a lot. I'm happy to come back on it again. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Life for Try podcast. We really hope you enjoyed. And if you have any thoughts or feedback in how we can improve or any topics you want us to talk about in the future, please let us know. We exist to try and make triathlon simple. So your feedback is really important to us. Check out our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Um, Subscribe to those channels. Follow us, like us, tag us into posts. Just interact with us and we look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thanks for listening.